Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Three step drop, close on the end zone. Hot ball, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. It's first and goal. That's picked up. That's picked up. And who else? Rondé Barber. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may ride to the Super Bowl with that one. We don't even keep score. We just run that up and leave. Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Throws up with a head. Gannon at the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 29. He's going to Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. And there are the cannons Cannons. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. We are here today to get you ready for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers preseason opener in Raymond James Stadium. They will host the visiting Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, it is our first look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking the field since that playoff game all the way back in January. So a good seven months has gone by, and here we are just a day away from not only the Bucks making their return to the field, but Baker Mayfield's debut in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. Evan, before we dive into the game, how you doing, my friend? Doing pretty good, and uh, we got football on tonight and really football weekend, so glad it's back finally. I know. Football is finally back. We have got... Is it the Texans and the Patriots tonight? Yeah, and then I think Seahawks and Vikings, I want to say, later. Yeah. So we got two games tonight, and then we're, we're recording this on Thursday. If you're listening to this on Friday or after the game, I mean, it might be a little weird to listen to a preview to a game you've already watched. But, <laughs> um, yeah, then we got a whole weekend ahead full of football. So Yeah, so we had a good call-in show with you guys on Monday and uh, honestly talked a lot about the quarterback battle. So with that being said, don't think we're going to spend as much time on it this week because Baker Mayfield, once again confirmed by Todd Bowles, is going to be getting the start against Pittsburgh. Kyle Trask slated to get the start week two against uh, the Jets. So here we are getting ready to see Baker Mayfield potentially line up with some starters. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, not sure how long they'll be in the game. Uh, But let me just straight up ask you, you know, with Baker Mayfield coming in, is he going to be in as long as the other starters or are we going to see Baker Mayfield for maybe a, you know, a full quarter? Um, What kind of workload can we expect here? Because this is this is going to be important. This this quarterback battle is is really just getting started. Yeah, it's an interesting question, actually. Um, And I I don't think anybody has really asked Bowles this. They they said he's going to start with the ones. But like what happens when, you know, if is Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, are they only getting one series? Are they getting two series or, or, you know, if they do, is Baker Mayfield come out at that point? Like, does he get a quarter? I personally would probably give him a quarter. Um, and I, I think my plan would probably be to play most of my starters for about a quarter just because a lot of teams aren't really using that third preseason game as a 
um, as what it used to be when there was four. I think a lot of teams are kind of treating that third preseason game now like they used to treat the fourth one. The starters aren't really going to play much, so I, I would play the starters in the first quarter. So if it was up to me, but either way, I think Baker Mayfield should play the first quarter. I mean, you got to get a look at him. Um, you got to get a good look at him in game action and you got to evaluate everything. So I think you have to have as many things on film, as many things as possible thrown at him and see how he responds to it. Because I think if you're trying to find the best guy for this job, you need to know if Baker Mayfield can handle certain situations. And if he only plays a series or two, how are those situations going to come up? So I don't know what they're going to do exactly, but if it was up to me, I would probably say keep him out there for a quarter. But it is an interesting question that I haven't really seen posed um, to to anybody, uh, even Todd Bowles yet. So Yeah, we also know that he's not going to be going in there with uh, all the starters, especially at offensive line. There's a lot of questions, and I wanted to ask you about center Ryan Jensen. It seemed like he made an appearance at practice earlier this week, but has not gone full contact in any 11-on-11 full football activity. Now, again, he's showed up at practice. He's He's been physical. You know, he's taking a lot of veteran days off, and this is to be expected after a guy, his season was ended very early last year, and he did not get back until very late last year. So... I mean, where does that leave him? He's he's probably not going to play tomorrow, right? But it does seem like whatever's going on with him right now is is shrouded in mystery, just like it was this time a year ago. You know, we have not gotten a, a concrete update on Ryan Jensen just yet. And the last that we heard from Todd Bowles definitely doesn't seem like he's going to be ready to go uh, early next week. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody's asking about, you know, the practice and stuff. And you're talking about a 32-year-old that just had a major knee injury. You know, and it's um, that's what this is what it, the fear is when you're 32 years old and you have a knee injury like that, a, a major injury that basically cost him the season. Like he, sure, he played in the game in versus Dallas. He even admitted that he probably shouldn't have played. Like probably shouldn't have played in that. I, I don't think it did any more damage. Like I don't think the reason he can't play tomorrow is because he played that game versus Dallas, but like probably shouldn't have played that. He even admitted that. So I think they're taking a cautious approach. He has practice. It's been on a sort of like an every other day type deal. But when it comes to 11 on 11, and all that other work, he has not been in there. It's been, I believe, Robert Hainsey. It's been Nick Leverett. So I, I would not expect, yeah, Ryan Jensen – Honestly, I, I don't expect them at all this preseason. Just my personal opinion, I think you're going to see Robert Hainsey out there with the ones as the center uh, in both games. And then even if they play in the third game, I don't think Jensen's going to be out there. I think the first time you're going to, I think he should be fine for the regular season. Um, I think they're doing this because they want to make sure he's fine for the regular season. And, and I think the first time you might see Jensen's probably in Minnesota. So, uh, is it a little nervous? Yeah, maybe because I mean, like I said, you're you're dealing with a 32 year old who's one of your best offensive linemen, and like you need that guy, um, or else your offensive line isn't going to be as good. And it could be a case where he's under contract this and next year, and it could be a case where this guy is maybe just not the same. And that's always the fear when you get up there on age and have a major injury like that. So hopefully um, it doesn't come to that point. And hopefully we're not sitting here in two months from now saying, yeah, like Ryan Jensen, you know, what, what, uh, you know sad story. Right. Um, 
hopefully we're saying, oh, he, he looks good. But right now, um, it does seem like the Bucks are taking a cautious approach. And I understand fans that are a little bit um, uneasy about it because it is a, a scary situation with a guy who is pretty important to your offense. Back to the quarterbacks here. We know Baker Mayfield's getting the start. We'll see him in action with the starters. Kyle Trask seemingly in the same situation he was this time a year ago. Not sure how many starters he'll be out there playing with, but we will get to see him suit up and play on Friday night. The quarterback we are going to see the most, and this is a welcome change for a lot of Bucks fans who really look forward to watching preseason football. Uh, no more Ryan Griffin bringing this thing home. We will get our first look at former Rams QB and the latest Bucks free agent signing at quarterback. Maybe they signed him before Baker, but another no, no, free no. agent quarterback. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. He, he's the latest guy. They signed him right. in May, I believe. The newest Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, <laughs> uh, John Walford. We'll get a good look at him in the second half, I think. What are your expectations for John Walford? Because, again, you know, I, I know that this is a game preview for the first preseason game, so we're, we're kind of sitting here spending a lot of time on a QB3. But... You know, this is a QB three with a much higher ceiling than what we expected from Ryan Griffin. So do you think he could make this a more entertaining second half of preseason football? Should we expect more production or even more creativity with, you know, some of the fringe guys on the team he's going to be throwing to? Are they going to try and uh, dial up some crazy things for for John Walford here? Yeah, the interesting thing is that sure, he, he might. But at the same time, you got to think of the competition he's going to be playing with. Um, you're going to be at the bottom of the barrel as far as receivers, as far as offensive linemen. The offensive linemen is always a big one. Yeah, if you start um, running if, difficult if, concepts, if, yeah, it, it, it's, if you it's, can't if you can't protect the quarterback, it doesn't matter. Um, it's going to be ugly. So, but yeah, I, I do think yeah, Wolford is better than Griffin. Like he he brings more upside than Griffin. You know, Gr Ryan Griffin was great for what he did for Tampa Bay, the role he played for the Bucks for many many years, but. It, yeah, I, I do think you could see, a, like you said, a more entertaining second half, even though Griffin had his preseason moments. But I do think John Wolford, now you mentioned that before, like you said, we're not going to spend you know, a half hour, the next 30 minutes or whatever, talking about the quarterbacks. We talked about them plenty. And after the game, we'll be able to talk about them even more. But um, I do want to uh, wonder if we talk about Baker Mayfield potentially getting a quarter. I would give Kyle Trask as the second quarter. And then I would also like to see Kyle Trask for a drive or two after the, after the halftime. Uh, I would just like to see how he responds to that, how the offense comes out because, you know, you can, I know in the preseason, you're not really game planning stuff, but you can script stuff and, and everything like that. So I'd like to see how Trask performs there. So I, yeah, I would expect obviously Wolford to play, uh, if the fourth quarter is if the fourth quarter comes and Trask is still in, I'd be shocked. Uh, I would think it's Wolford at that point, um, like mid third. I would probably put Wolford in, but uh, I am curious to see how they're going to manage it. And I do hope that they give both Mayfield and Trask at least a quarter. Trask, like I said, a little bit more than a quarter because he's not playing with the ones. Um, and then we'll see Wolford probably finish it up. So I, I, I am curious to see that the Bucks quarterbacks. And even though, look. You're not going to see much of anything that's going to be like revolutionary in terms of offensive scheme or anything. Yeah. These guys aren't, they're not game planning. Dave Canales ain't installing nothing for this game. Like it is the most basic of basic, you know, ask Madden type playbook stuff. Um, so don't expect to, 
one, I always say this, don't overreact and say, oh, the offense looks the same. It's, you know, it's this and that. So it's not creative. It's this, you know, and then don't expect, you know, to be wowed by anything. Teams try stuff. Um, they try stuff for the regular season. So uh, that's what I'm more curious to see, the, how the players perform and how they respond. Not, not necessarily how it looks or how, you know, Dave Canales uh, game plans for because there is no game planning. So I am curious to see how they use the quarterbacks, but also curious to see if there is any, maybe a wrinkle here and there that we haven't seen in the past in this offense. Yeah. And for your established guys coming into this game on the starters, you don't expect a lot of production like Mike Evans. If he gets a catch or two, that's an awesome preseason game for him. You know, as long as he goes out there and he looks like Mike Evans usually does in a football game, we should be okay. Chris, as Godwin. long as you get out of there healthy. Uh, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. You know, wouldn't, wouldn't expect Rashad white to get more than five carries in this game. If that, um, maybe he gets, you know, five, six, but that'll be it. But speaking of guys that have been making plays and uh, getting the attention of a lot of people at training camp, I wanted to highlight this wide receiver room because we just mentioned Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage at the wide receiver three spot. At least that's what it looks like as of right now. Wide receiver four. Kind of a slippery slope, but there's a couple of names that have been tossed around or at least some guys who have been making plays uh, who are looking to take up one of those last wide receiver spots on the roster. One of them Bucks fans should be familiar with that is Devin Tompkins, uh, undrafted free agent, Rakeem Jarrett. And Trey Palmer, who, if I'm not mistaken, is also a Buccaneers draft pick, sixth round pick. Yes. Yes. Sixth round Look pick. Yeah, that. they traded up to get him. So, And also, I also have a veteran David Moore as well. Looking at these wide receivers... This is going to be a big couple of games for these guys. It always seems like it is, right? It's a very tough wide receiver room to crack into. It's not like the the club is getting bigger each and every year. But these guys have done a lot of great things at camp, and they have certainly caught your eye. I saw they were mentioned in your article on Bucks Nation. So what do you make of the wide receiver room coming into this? Uh, what are your expectations here? And as far as those guys that I listed, who do you think has the edge? Yeah, it's interesting because you just we listed four guys there, right? You have three already in Evans, Godwin, Gage. They're probably not keeping seven receivers. So that means probably at least one of those, if not two of those guys, are not going to be on, on the 53-man roster. And that's tough because all of them are looked pretty good. So I think... If I had to guess right now, I'd probably say David Moore probably has the edge for wide receiver four, just because he's a veteran. Um, he was with Dave Canales in Seattle uh, for a couple of years and was like a, a good wide receiver four slash five for the Seahawks like, and, and stepped up when, when they needed him to. So he's been a quality NFL player. Uh, and then as far as you know, Trey Palmer and Rakeem Jarrett, they stood out early in camp. And uh, Jarrett sort of slowed down a little bit, had some drops or um, lately. Palmer's been impressive from the jump, though. They had him uh, re- returning punts as well as Devin Tompkins. And then speaking of Devin Tompkins, he's the guy who first week of training camp was a little quiet. Second week of training camp, though, it really started to shine. 
that big play. I know uh, the Bucks posted on social media, the indoor uh, Mayfield to Devin Tompkins. He made that crazy catch. Um, and he's made a bunch of plays like that. And his speed's really starting to show off. He's shifty. Um, I w- he's not a Deshaun Jackson burner type. He doesn't have that type of speed. He doesn't even have like Scotty Miller speed, but he's he's shifty. He can create on his own, uh, can create separation like that. And I do think he's making a strong case to make the team, especially because he brings value on special teams. And that's where a guy like Rakeem Jarrett, if you're looking at cutting one of the guys, right? And and it's going to come down to performance, right? If David Moore goes out there and is invisible, like, okay, like he might not make the team. But a guy, if you're just looking at it on the surface right now before you have any game footage, a guy like Rakeem Jarrett, who doesn't really contribute on special teams while David Moore's probably a wide receiver four and Devin Tompkins can return punts and Trey Palmer can return punts. A guy like Jarrett might be the odd man out and maybe they try to sneak him on the practice squad. But um, I am very curious to see all four of those guys. And it's interesting because I don't think a lot of people before camp were talking about the amount of depth that they maybe could have a wide receiver. Uh, we talk about how hard of a room it is to crack because of those top three, but you, you got wide receiver four, you got wide receiver five, and maybe wide receiver six if they choose to keep six wide open. Like there is nobody for those spots right now. Um, and I am very curious to see. And, and I think that the Bucks could actually end up like you could look at it by like week eight, week nine, and be like, hmm, like the Bucks receiver depth is pretty good. Like, uh, I expect Chris Godwin to be 100% good, um, but he sometimes gets banged up during the season. Mike Evans occasionally uh, can get banged up during the season. Russell Gage last year was just unable to stay healthy for a consistent period of time. So you might need a guy like David Moore or a Trey Palmer or Devin Tompkins to step up when needed uh, as a wide receiver in this offense. And based on what I've seen in camp, like I said, the preseason games really do matter. But based on what I've seen in camp, I've been encouraged by what um by what they've shown yeah and you mentioned that kick return punt return position as well when uh special teams come into play the bucks released their first depth chart of 2023 a couple of days ago and it is interesting to note that devin Tompkins is uh, listed as your starting punt return kick return spent some time in that role last year this time a year ago it was jalen darden and uh he obviously becomes a casualty of the 2022 season and is no longer on the team so here we go. Not only do we talk about the the potential depth at wide receiver, but I'm interested to see how the return specialist situation shakes out because uh, the Bucks have still yet to, to find a guy that they can fit in there and really make a difference in the return game. We thought it would be Jalen Darden, uh, and it just wasn't. You know, Devin Tompkins, I think, still has potential to be that guy. It, even the measurements kind of help him out, too. I didn't realize he was as small as he is. I think I saw this <laughs> week he is... Five foot seven, maybe 155 pounds. One of the smallest players in the NFL. Um, but we'll see what he can do. He definitely has uh, definitely has that job until he loses it, I think, at this point in the preseason. And, and, and again, that really, really helps his case to make the roster. Like, yeah. if, it, if it's close between him or Rakeem Jarrett or him or Trey Palmer or him or Ryan Miller as uh, another receiver they have on the roster, like him, one, doing it last year. And two, being able to do it this year again just really, really helps his chances. Like, I would be pretty surprised if Devin Tompkins isn't on the roster. Yeah. Specifically because 
he can play special teams, but then also this year in camp, he's proven himself as like, yeah, like this dude can be a receiver. Like Devin Hester, like he was a wide receiver. That dude rarely yeah. wanted to line up a wide receiver. Like yeah. he rarely played wide receiver. Devin Tompkins has showed that like when, you know, obviously if he's your second option, you're probably in trouble, but like, if you need him in a pinch, he could help out. So I, I think he brings a uh, tremendous value to the offense. Yeah. Highlighting some rookies before we go to the other side of the football, we can talk about the tight ends, but you know, you talked about Canales not really having a big offensive install for this week. It's, it's going to be pretty bare bones. So I'm curious what the tight end usage even looks like. Those guys could just be out there blocking their asses off, but we'll see the debut <laughs> of Buccaneers rookie Payne Durham to round out that tight end room of Co'Keefe, Kate Otten, and Payne Durham, a very young tight end room. Well, yeah, you also got David Wells, who yes. has been probably the second best tight end in camp uh, behind Kate Otten. So uh, he's another guy who I believe he was on the team last year as well, but he's been turning ahead to training camp. Yeah, and then uh, we'll get a good look at Sean Tucker at the running back position as well, undrafted free agent for Tampa Bay. And uh, we mentioned that running back room on Monday, but as far as fans who have bought into the hype of Sean Tucker and are curious on the status of Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, I think this game in the second half is going to be a really good indicator of where those guys are. I'm, I'm, I'm itching to see Sean Tucker. Cause I know he's going to get a healthy workload in the second half of this one. I'll tell you what, it's a lot of hype for a guy who hasn't played. You uh, know? That's, what I'm, like, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm so I, happy I to think, see him. I think like this might be the most uh, hyped up undrafted free agent. Like the Bucks have had in a long time. Just because I'm like, you know, it's it, it's crazy to me. I'm like, all right, like I I think he's like, uh, yeah, I, he could have been a sixth or seventh round pick, but like, uh, you know, he was hurt at the time, so I want to see how. For one, this is going to be his first game action since he's been you know healthy, so I want to see how he responds to that. And I am curious to see Sean Tucker, but it's just it's funny because like people are like, oh yeah, Sean Tucker, like he's going to be like the dude. I'm like, all right, like let, let's let's see how he performs first. But I do think you're going to see a healthy dose of Tucker. You're probably going to see Ronnie Brown. Uh, you might see a little bit of Patrick Laird in there as well. So I would see all three of those guys would probably be more in the second half, which they have six running backs on the roster. So to your point earlier, yeah, I'm not sure how much you actually see Rashad White take hits or anything. Uh, I think you're going to see a little bit of Rashad White, maybe then, you know, mix in Chase Edmonds, Keyshawn Vaughn and all them other guys. So I, I'm not sure exactly how many touches Rashad White's going to get because you don't really want your running back getting hit in a game that doesn't really matter, but we'll see. Yeah, but an interesting amount of hype around Sean Tucker. So it'll be interesting to see where he is once the rubber meets the road. Let's talk about the defense. Uh, you know, there are some defensive starters that we can talk about, but just like the offensive starters, cannot expect them to be in the game for very long. One guy I did want to talk about because he made your list of players to watch, that is cornerback Carlton Davis, who obviously had some things to say for the NFL at the beginning of training camp and uh, quietly has had a pretty damn good camp. Like, you know, haven't heard too many bad reports come out about him. And uh, the more you talk around, the more you, you look into it, people have been saying pretty good things so far about the Buccaneers' number one corner. Yeah, and, and it's well, he's been quiet because he hasn't made any plays because the ball's not coming his way. And as a corner, that's a good thing. Like, and I even wrote that in the article. Like, you know, everybody begs for Carlton Davis to make the splash plays. Like, and sure, splash play, plays are great. If he can get four interceptions a year, fantastic, you know, but... I, th I think we've seen like he's not that guy 
Like he's just, he's not that type of player. Um, so if you're not going to be that, like, Hey, if you want to shut down a part of the field, that's, that's fine with me too. Uh, so I am curious to see Carlton Davis, the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they play their starters at all, you got to have maybe go up against George Pickens, maybe go up against Deontay Johnson. So they, they got a couple of talented receivers there. And I'm curious to see, um, Allen Robinson as well, just sign there. So, uh, I'm curious to see how Carlton Davis matches up with them. Like you said, limited time. And also, just what we talked about for the offense, the playbooks on defense are going to be very vanilla. Like, it's it's not going to be yeah, – it's not, it's not going to be anything special. You're not going to see I bet any you, crazy I, exotic blitzes or anything. No, I, I bet you for the entire evening, they're going to run a total of four or five different defensive plays, and that's it. You're just out just of gonna, different sets and it, different right, players. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Your Mike linebacker is going to make the decision before the play, going to go out there. And if he gets the assignment, then so be it. But, you know, it, it's going to be. It's, a, it's, it's like when, you, when you're when you're playing Madden and you line up on defense and you can audible yeah. and you got four plays there. Yeah, like that. That's that's what it basically is. Essentially. So uh, we talk a little bit about the starters, talk about the linebackers. But, you know, behind Levante, David and Devin White, who may not even play. I wanted to talk about rookie linebacker Servassier Dennis and. More so, I wanted to highlight the rookie tight end that the Steelers have. That is the freak from Georgia, Darnell Washington. I don't know if you remember watching this guy throughout the college football playoff oh, yeah. over the last two years, but he is just a monster. I, I, I mean, yeah. literally looks like one of the monsters from Space Jam out there playing tight end. So what I'm curious to see is how this young Buccaneers defense decides to cover him because I have to think uh, with him being a rookie for Pittsburgh, he's probably going to get a decent amount of playing time. I think he'll be out there longer than just whoever the Steelers decide to send out for uh, for for their first team. So, you know, with that being said, Servassier Dennis at that linebacker spot is obviously going to get a look and a pretty tough battle for what is going to be his first live action NFL reps. But are there any other players that you can see becoming a problem for this young Bucks defense or even just, you know, this freak at tight end uh, or what are you curious about with him? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously curious to see Servasia Dennis against him. Sir, I mean, Dennis has become a ball hawk in practice. Yeah. Um, he he might be the second best coverage linebacker the Buccaneers have on their roster right now, uh, behind Levante David, as in terms of just you know coverage. Obviously, Devin White's the better player right now, but uh, in terms of coverage and being able to read things and everything. Sarasia Dennis has been excellent in training camp. So yeah, I'm curious to see against Darnell Washington, who's also been really good in camp. Uh, the Steelers had Pat Fryermuth as their starter at tight end. So I do think you're going to see a healthy amount of Darnell Washington in this game once Fryermuth exits or if Fryermuth doesn't even play. So, um, but I'm also curious to see the, the Bucks safeties against the guy like Darnell Washington, because um, just like we talked about with the wide receivers, the depth after Anton Winfield and Ryan Neal, it is open season for these guys. It, it is really is. I mean, you got Nolan Turner, you got Kayvon Merriweather, uh, Christian Izian, who is a corner slash safety. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of different players here that are going to be in the mix to have depth roles on this team. So I'm curious to see how those guys reform against a guy like Darnell Washington. Do they look overmatched? Can they hold their own? Um, you know, because I am curious to see, uh, like I said, Kedrick Whitehead's another one. I know, I think Merriweather uh, was probably of the undrafted free agents, of uh, the safeties and stuff that they got. Merriweather was probably the most highly touted one. Um 
but I am curious to see how they, they, they go about that. As far as other guys that the Steelers have, honestly haven't really studied the Steelers that, that much, but I do know, obviously, yeah, they have, they have Washington and, um, Curious to see him. I'm curious to see the first team defense though against the Steelers offense because I think the Steelers offense, depending on what you think of Kenny Pickett, like I think the Steelers offense could be one of the more underrated units in the league this year. And I know that there's no game planning involved here and doesn't really matter at the end of the day, but um I do think that it's has the chance to be a pretty good offense. So I'm curious to see how that Bucks defense can respond uh, against a, an offense with plenty of talent. So we'll have to wait and see on that. And it's crazy too, because I, I want to agree. Um, I like Kenny Pickett a little bit. Like I, I do think there is some upside there. So I'm curious to see what that development looks like for him this year. But I, I think, I think he you, can be good. I don't think he's ever going to be great. Yeah, I agree. But even then, when you compare their offense to the rest of that division, it's going to be rough not for good. them. Yeah, yeah not, it's going right. to be a rough year for <laughs> Pittsburgh. Sorry to say. Um, before we start to wrap things up, I, I did want to take a second and talk about just some more national coverage the Buccaneers have gotten. Now, we know that with no longer having Tom Brady on the team, you're not going to be cast in a positive light all that often. But, uh, I mean, the, the nationwide slander continues. So, Booger McFarland, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, said the Bucs should be, quote, entertainingly bad this year uh, as far as just what to expect from this team. So, he said the Bucs are wasting their time trying to turn the wheels on Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield and that they should focus more so on this upcoming quarterback draft class of 2024. I know that we've addressed this before and we'll address it again. Um, but what are your thoughts when people say the Bucks are expected to be a bottom five team in the NFL this year? Look, I mean, could, could it happen? Sure. Like, I think it would take uh, some injuries, which I obviously cannot predict. Um, I think it would take a few other factors uh, on the field, actually, you know, that aren't injuries. I would just, I would be surprised. I, I would just be surprised. And here's my thing about when you say, okay, oh, they're turning the wheels. You know, they're just, they're just going just to go with Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. And they'll, you know, they're wasting our time. Okay. How would you have liked for the Bucks to go about this offseason then? I don't know. So Kyle Trask was already on the roster. And then you signed Baker Mayfield to a one year, $4 million deal. How else would you, to me, turning the wheels would have been signing a Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, that would have been, oh, you're just trying to stay relevant. You know, you're just trying to, to be in a mediocrity. You're just trying to ensure you get at least eight wins, you know, so you're not, you're not the bottom feeder to me, but like I, what does, what did Booger McFarlane want them to do with the quarterback situation with the hand that they were given? There was no, you know, it wasn't like 2020 when the Buccaneers had a need at quarterback and Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers and Jameis Winston and Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Brees were all scheduled to be free agents. It, it wasn't the same situation. So I just, I don't know what Booger McFarland wanted to do with as far as that. Now, when he says, you know, entertainingly bad. Might they be bad? Sure. Do I think they're going to be the worst team in the NFL? I, to me, there's just too much talent on the defensive side of the ball and their schedule. 
is facing a lot of inexperienced quarterbacks that I think the defense is going to be able to take advantage of. And I think they're going to get just too many wins. Could they end up with a top 10 pick? Sure. But to me, it's going to be like at the back half of the top 10. Like it's going to be like eight, nine, you know, 10 itself. Like if they end up with a top 10 pick, I, I just have a hard time seeing them. Like I said, Tristan Wirfs goes down for the season, could change my mind. You know, Levante David goes down for an extended period of time, could change my mind. Uh, Dave Canales, is, you know, it doesn't work. Okay, could change my mind. But right now, I, I have a hard time seeing this Bucks team be a, a top five uh, draft pick. Uh, so if you guys are looking, I think the over-unders, six and a half, which that's a good line. That's a, that's a tough one, uh, I, I, I think. Um so like, I feel like if I, it's I, if it's gonna be over, it's gonna be over by one or two, and I feel yeah, like if it's yeah. under, it's gonna be under by like one or two, if that. Yeah. So uh, if if any of your friends are are thinking that hey, you know, if any of your friends want to bet you that the Bucks are gonna get the number one overall draft pick and they're gonna be terrible this year, go ahead and take that bet because I I just I don't see it unless something catastrophic happens. I, I can't see it. I agree with what you said as far as. You know, the Bucks' ability to just stay in games this upcoming season. There's a lot to be determined with, obviously, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, Dave Canales, this new system, getting the most out of some of these players, young and old. But this defense, Todd Bowles coming back, retaining your co-defensive coordinators, uh, a lot of familiarity as far as free agents, right? Retaining Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis is still here, Levante David is back for another season. Yeah. Devin That's White, what I always said. Devin if White they, seems they, to be they, content for another year. Vita Vea is right. still on the defensive line. I, I know he's not a veteran, but Joe Tryon Shoyink is coming into his own critical year. Shaq Barrett is still there. Uh, Antoine mm-hmm. Winfield Jr. is a bright young player at the safety position. So, with all of that being said, I think the defense is going to keep them in more games than the offense will this year. Uh, but here is the full quote from Booger as we wrap up. Quote, I think it just shows you that they don't feel like they have, to me the long-term solution, either or however you want to phrase it. Either or however you want to phrase it. Okay. Uh, I think the best thing for the Bucks right now this year is to be entertainingly bad, and here's why. It's because next year's class of QBs that come out of college football, they got some franchise quarterbacks based on where they are now in their career. And I think when you look at it, we know what Baker Mayfield is. Kyle Trask is coming along. If you're Tampa Bay, you want to be entertaining enough to get the fans in the stadium, but bad enough to get a high pick. Well, we've seen that before. When you can go out and truly get the franchise quarterback, don't spin your wheels trying to make Baker Mayfield something he hasn't been or Kyle Trask something he's not, which is a franchise quarterback. Now, as far as Baker Mayfield, we've said before that you kind of know what you're getting. And, and yes, there is some upside left with Baker, and obviously that's the chance the Bucks are ready to take. But with Kyle Trask... Kyle M.F. Trask. I I mean, that's more of a dig on Kyle Trask, I think, than anyone else because the guy is yet to play, well, he has played regular season snaps, but he's yet to play any meaningful regular season snaps. And uh, this is his chance. This quarterback competition is still early. He's not changing a lot of people's minds as far as national media goes. But, I mean, that's, that's a that's a pretty open and shut dismissal as far as what Booker McFarland thinks of of Trask's ability to be the guy. And here's the thing: I don't think, like, not there wasn't a lot in there that Booger said that I would just say, "Oh, that's flat out wrong," right. or or this and that because it's an opinion. Like that that is his opinion. And 
I've seen the comments on my fan page. I've seen the comments on Bucks Nation. I've seen the comments on here. I've seen the comments on Mr. Bucks Nation. There are a lot of people who feel the same way, like who feel like the best course of action is to suck this year and you go get Caleb Williams or you go get Drake May or or whoever it may be. And long term, maybe it is. But like the Bucks aren't planning on that. Like, why would they plan on that? So I, I and I understand that line of thinking. That line of thinking to me is is okay because you don't want to be stuck in mediocrity, right? You don't want to be just barely missing the playoffs. You, you're you're not good enough to make the playoffs, but you're not bad enough yeah. to get a high draft pick to get a quarterback because then you're just, you know, you're just in this rut, right? And then you become basically what the Bucks were post the Super Bowl, right? Where every other year they'd make the playoffs, then they'd miss. Make the playoffs and they miss. But when they missed, they were never high enough to get a franchise quarterback. And that's what held them back. So I don't think that opinion is wrong. However, again, I just don't think he's assessing the situation good enough to where like if Levante David and Jamel Dean weren't re-signed, if Lev- if the Bucks said, hey, Levante Thank you for everything. We're, we're moving on. Uh, Jamel, you know, we can't match this offer. Go, go ahead. I, I would honestly, I'd probably be on board and I'd, I'd probably think like, yeah, they're probably not going to be too good. Like that's two pillar pieces of your defense there that aren't there. Both of them are back though. And I just think this defense is going to be too good. And well, like you said, the defense is probably going to have to carry the offense most of the season. There might be a game or two where the offense, you know, is like, oh, like, oh, they put up 35 points or, you know, something <laughs> like that. Like, but for the most part, I, I think you're probably going to have to have the defense bailing out the offense most of the time. Um, it's just, can the defense do it? And, and that's the thing. But the defense isn't bad enough to where, oh, if the offense goes three and out, all right, this defense is letting up a 75-yard touchdown drive that takes up 10 minutes of the clock. So are they going to win 10 games? I don't know. Probably not. Like a little spoiler, I guess, for a season prediction show that will be coming up here in two weeks or so maybe. Probably not going to win 10 games. Are they going to win three games? Probably not. Like I, I think that they'll, they'll be, you know, they'll be maybe not in the playoff mix, at the end of the season, but like week seven, you're not going to be like, oh, the season's over. You know, like it's it's not going to be like one of those things. And actually, uh, Mikey Kelly has an interesting question before we wrap up. Uh, and this it's funny how we segue this into a you know, preseason thing. But hey, it's the first preseason game, so this is what you get. Uh, if if we go winless into the bye week, do you think Todd Bowles will be on the hot seat? So the Bucks bye week is week five, so that would mean that the Bucks are zero and four. Um, I, I do. However, the Glazers have never fired a head coach midseason. So while I think he, he would be on the hot seat, I don't necessarily think that he'd be fired. The move would be if Baker Mayfield's a starter, they go 0-4. After that bye week, Kyle Trask is the starter. Like that, that's or or vice versa, right? Kyle Trask is the starter. They go 0-4. Baker Mayfield's a starter. That would be Todd Bowles' card to play. I think I think if this team is 0-4 at the bye week, it's already a sinking ship. But I think if some way, somehow, they, they make that change at quarterback and they come out of the bye week and they lose two more games, then I think I think Poles would be out of a job. I don't think I, I think an 0 they just, they've six, never done it. I don't know. 
six start. Oh, and six. Like even Greg, the Greg worst Shiano, teams. Greg Shiano was Greg Shiano was oh and eight. You're right. And, and Greg Shiano right. didn't have half the resume that Todd Bowles does. You're right. I just oh and six. I don't even think he sees the end of the season. Even if they win games down the stretch, even if they fire him at one and seven, two and six, I I don't see it. But I mean, this is this is a little over twenty four hours before the first preseason game. This is. I mean, we're yeah, not even we, talking about that conversation. So, we'll cross that bridge if and when we get to it. It does seem like a little bit of a grim topic to bring things to a close, but I guess sometimes you got to cover your bases, right? We, we talk about, yeah, about football that? is back, man, and we cover the best and worst case scenarios here on the Cannon Fire podcast. We are excited to keep you guys uh, plugged in every single step of the way. This is our seventh season of coverage. And uh, just a couple of days ago, it was officially the birthday of the Cannon Fire podcast on Getting August. Old. Yeah, in August 8th, 2017, we officially announced uh, what was technically the return of the Cannon Fire podcast. It was an existing property, but it's kind of like the existing properties that they like to make movies out of nowadays. It's the ones that have been sitting there not really doing anything for a while that people forget about. So it's like, hey, let's bring this back and make it all shiny and new and get everyone interested. And, And here we are six years later going into our seventh season of coverage and uh, we're grateful for each and every one of you who have listened, watched, subscribed, liked, disliked, or commented along the way. Uh, it does mean a lot. And shout out to everybody here on YouTube. Uh, I know we didn't get a lot of chat interaction today. It was kind of a quick show. Just wanted to get the game preview in and out. We may possibly be live on Friday night, but do not, do not, don't hold me to it because uh, I'm going to be doing the live stream for Mr. Bucks Nation over on his YouTube channel. During so go go ahead, go ahead and check that out over on his channel. Yeah. That is how we, yeah. So we uh, don't know the whole thing, but I, either way, whether you know Friday night, don't know, but we will be at some point. Uh, we will be reviewing this game, so keep an eye out for that uh, after the game closes, probably sometime over that weekend. So yeah, we will let you guys know beforehand. Keep an eye on social media and our YouTube community tab. We also use that as well. And uh, shout out to people in the live chat, Mikey Kelly, Richie P, Tempe 1D, Willie Beeman, the moderator, holding it down as always. JC Allen of Pewter Report made an appearance. Scott Jacks, uh, Derek D'Amico, Chisu Masu, I think I said that correctly, Rock813, G Vegas, and anyone else that I may have missed. We appreciate you guys' support. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already for more great Tampa Bay Buccaneers content. And find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. You can find my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. If you want to see some uh, preseason players to watch that we did not talk about today on the show, I believe you put an article about that out a couple days ago. Yes, yes, it did. And uh, not exactly sure where articles are going to be coming out after the game, but uh, from me specifically, but obviously uh, the whole Bucks Nation staff will have, will have stuff out. So be sure to check out, check it out over there. Last but not least, you can find myself on Instagram and Twitter. Not going to call it X. Instagram and Twitter. And uh, I guess threads too, at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. But that's the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will talk to you later this week after the game to catch you all the latest, but uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news. Sorry, words are hard, especially when we wrap up the show. We'll talk to you guys this weekend after the game. Thank you again for listening. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.